welcome back to From the Word Ghost, the paranormal podcast for believers and skeptics alike. I'm your host AJ and every week I bring a brand new paranormal story to try and convince my skeptic co-host Jamie. That's me! Of all things paranormal, before we get started in today's episode, we ask if you like the content, leave us a five-star written review on any podcast listening platform. Yes, before you say it, Jamie, my voice did just break. Five-star! <laughs> Mate, listen, I was, for you guys, obviously this is a, a week later for you guys, but I went to my mate Mike's stag do yesterday and let me tell you, I sang my heart out at karaoke. What was your go-to karaoke choice? You know what my go-to karaoke choice is and it's Tony Braxton, Unbreak <laughs> My Heart. And at one point it was just me in the karaoke room alone singing Tony Braxton. <laughs> Is that because I got a message at like half eleven, like, oh, my friends have ditched me. <laughs> I got kicked out of the comedy club. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, it was a voice recorded, and all you said was, right, the security guard was laying hands on my mate. So, so I went up to him, it. and I laid hands on the security guard and said, you can't lay hands on people whilst I was laying hands on the security guard. And what do you know? They kicked me out. <laughs> to, oh. to be fair. I deserved getting kicked out. <laughs> I, I had one too many and I was getting a bit shirty. Oh, there was no question <laughs> in my mind whether you deserved it or not. I mean, I'm sure been, of it. You've been out with me on a night out. <laughs> but anyway, back to the podcast. So as you all know now, that, say that again. So as you all know now, I'm a big Ed and Lorraine Warren fan. So what kind of fan would I be if I didn't do a full investigation on their biggest case, the Amityville Horror? Not only is it their biggest case, but it is also the last Ed and Lorraine Warren case I'm going to cover you on the podcast. You can't say that. We're like 30-something episodes Listen, in. Listen, I just feel like I've, I've, <laughs> I've run a course with Ed and Lorraine. All right, so what happens if, in two years' time, the ghost of Ed and Lorraine are just seen? We can't run it because you've said it's the I'll last tell you one what, ever. I will swallow my pride in that instance <laughs> yeah. and I'll, I'll run it back. Yeah. But as of now, this is the last one. So all enjoy right. it. All right? We'll see. I believe it when I see it. <laughs> Just like the ghosts. <laughs> Ronald Butch DeFeo Jr., the eldest of five children of Ronald and Louise DeFeo, had a tough upbringing. Although his father, who worked at the local Buick dealership, brought enough money to provide his family with an upper-middle-class lifestyle, he was incredibly tough on his children, in particular Butch. He was the oldest, so much was expected of him. His father also hated the fact that he was overweight and lacked motivation. As DeFeo grew up, he became a very troubled young man and started to lash out physically against his father and friends. On one occasion, he attempted to shoot his father at point-blank range with a 12-gauge shotgun. Fortunately, the gun malfunctioned and his father, although stunned, was alive. Jesus Christ. This is a fucked up kid. <laughs> his dad really dodged a bullet there. Oh, <laughs> fucking. I, th- I thought I was the dad. You're out here pulling out A-star fucking dad jokes. I <laughs> what love can it. I say? I but love can, it. Can you imagine the fucking awkward family dinner that would yeah. follow that? He's like, Father? Can you pass me the potatoes? Sure, sure, sure. Just like the time you tried to pass a bullet straight into my chest. (laughs) Reluctant to give up hope on their son, Ronald Sr. and Louise thought a positive reinforcement was the best route. They would shower him with gifts and money, even if he wasn't performing well at school. Gifts even including a $14,000 speedboat, as well as eventually offered a new job in his now late grandfather's dealership. So let that be a lesson to you all. (laughs) (laughs) 
If you want a speedboat, <laughs> try and shoot your dad. You gotta pretend to shoot your dad. I mean, you'd have to find yours first. <laughs> This is where, you extra this is where I'm, there I'm double fucked up. I missed out on a speedboat and a father figure. <laughs> In 1974, DeFeo's father began to pay him a salary and gave him a promotion to a great position in the dealership. However, DeFeo was insulted by the salary and considered to rob the dealership. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy, isn't it? This guy is... Every time he does... He tries to kill his dad, he gets him a boat... <laughs> He tries. He gives him a promotion. Robs the place. What is going yeah. on? His job role was that he was entrusted to deposit over twenty thousand to the bank each week. DeFeo and a close friend decided to pull a fuck. Pull a fuck. Pull a fuck. <laughs> and then they robbed the place. <laughs> we're right. We're gonna go in here real quick. But first, we fuck. <laughs> DeFeo and close friend decided to pull off a fake robbery, leaving the pair with a huge payout. The plan worked flawlessly. Well, that is until the police arrive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> usually how those plans work. Oh, that it was, was easy. Flawlessly. <laughs> oh, hey, officer. <laughs> they began to question DeFeo. Instead of answering the questions calmly, he exploded into blind rage and refused to cooperate with the police. Really screams innocent, doesn't it? As well. Just like, hey, officer, how you doing? I didn't do it! I didn't do it! I was just like, I'm just passing by. I'm just getting a coffee. Yeah, it wasn't me, I swear! Now, Ronald, we're just going to ask you a couple of questions. It weren't me! Yeah. Swear. I swear it weren't me. It wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, he pulled his shaggy. <laughs> I used to work with someone, right? And she just got a driving license. And uh, me and this fella, she was like talking to us about driving. I went, oh, have you used your shaggy yet? And she went, what? And the geezer, I was, I gave the geezer a little side eye, and he was like, "Oh, mate, I had to use mine the other day." And uh, she was like, "What the fuck is a shaggy?" I went, "Well, when you get stopped by the police on your license, you get one shaggy, and it's when the police officer comes up and asks what you're doing or why you were speeding, you can just say it wasn't me, and they tick it <laughs> off your driver's license, and there it goes." And she believed it, For fuck genuinely God. believed it. I'd this love is to the standard of Essex the wall the first time she got pulled over. <laughs> Wasn't me. <laughs> She's just all smugly looking like, hey, officer, wasn't me. It's like, <laughs> just gets her out of the car, puts her on the bonnet. You're coming in. Batting out, starts fucking weighing in. <laughs> His father asked him why he would not just comply and get their money back. To this, DeFeo simply threatened to kill his father. It's going to move. This is it. it would is you not just get bored of it by now? <laughs> I'm going to kill your dad. I know. We do this every week. <laughs> Of course uh, you are, son. You can try. <laughs> do, 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 do. Just running away. <laughs> At 3.15am, November 13th, 1974, DeFeo would make good on his threat. <laughs> that makes the last bit seem a bit weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Kind of called it his bluff real quick. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had recently purchased a .35 calibre rifle, and that evening he used it against his family. First his father and mother, then one by one he proceeded to use it on his siblings at point-blank range. Within 15 minutes, his entire family had been murdered, and DeFeo simply got showered, dressed for work, and concealed the murder weapon inside a pillowcase that he later dropped in a drain on his way to work. While at work, he attempted to cover up the murders by phoning home and leaving a message asking why his father was not at work. After numerous alibis and substantial evidence found against him, DeFeo would finally admit to the murders, stating, Once I started, I just couldn't stop. 
I mean, this guy's a criminal mastermind. I bet you could hear him almost like winking over the phone. <laughs> Dad, why are you not in work today? <laughs> wink, wink. I said that bit in my head. I was like, is that loud? Oh, shit. Just hangs up the phone real quick. Leaves another message for himself. Right, uh, Ronald. This is Ronald. This is the voice of Ronald This is speaking. just me reminding you to delete that last message <laughs> on the answer phone. And if you haven't put the murder weapon in the trash yet. <laughs> fuck! Oh, fuck! <laughs> Comes back. Another message. <laughs> Ronald, don't ever mention the, the, the murder weapon again. Uh, ah, fuck! Continuous an cycle. endless cycle. <laughs> DeFeo was sentenced to six life sentences for his crimes. Just over a year later, the Lutz family purchased the hut that had dropped severely in price due to the murders, but the family only lasted 28 days. Their chilling claims are what spiked the story's popularity, making it classic among the horror genre. George Lutz, stepfather to four children, was excited to move into his new home, adamant that the murders that took place there wouldn't affect his enthusiasm towards his new house. But just like Jay asked for in the last week's episode, things got real very quickly. Ooh, baby, I told you. It started with George waking up every night at 3.15, the time the murders took place. He would wander the house and find spots that were ice cold, he would smell strange odours and hear muffled voices. The way you've written that, are you saying he would wander the house to find? Because if so, he's a masochist. <laughs> you've written it like he'd wander the house and he'd look for them ghostly spots. <laughs> oh, I like this smell. He's just sort of walking around the house just like... Oh, got ya. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you've just entered the sewer system. <laughs> That's why, George. Yeah. George, you've got your head down toilet. <laughs> As this continued every night, some of the children also began to complain about the smell. Even his wife Kathy agreed that the house fell off. One night in the first week, the entire family were relaxing in the living room when they all began to see green slime start oozing out of all the cracks in the ceiling and down the walls, even overflowing out of the keyholes in the doors. Terrified and rightfully so, the Lutz family sought the help of a priest from the local church. The priest arrived at the house to bless it. Nothing out of the ordinary for those times. But on his trip around the house, he entered one of the rooms to which he was apparently met with a loud and evil voice telling him to get out. The priest advised the Lutz family to stay out of that room, but he also sought out the help of paranormal investigators, the Warrens. Get out. It's the bathroom and I'm taking a shit. <laughs> There's no one fucking knocking his house. <laughs> I feel like the priest is like, fuck this, get the Warrens in. They love this spooky <laughs> shit. I'm out of here already. I'm back to fucking holy water and, and listening to confessionals. <laughs> yeah, this, this, this is this too is, much for me. This is above my pay grade. I'm out of here. I come here with a fucking basket of sage and nothing else. <laughs> I don't think I can do anything for you, mate. I got heavy on down the road because I forgot the holy water. <laughs> I'm not qualified for this. <laughs> <laughs> Ed and Lorraine arrived at the house. Without even fully entering the house, Lorraine, who was a clairvoyant, was horrified and said something awful was inside the house. She warned the family that the house, or whatever was inside it, did not want their family there. After countless attempts to cleanse the house, the Warrens were unsuccessful and advised the Lutz to leave their home. When Ed and Lorraine Warren are waving the paranormal white flag of surrender, you know it's time to leave yeah. that house. They deal with this shit on a daily <laughs> basis, and even they have con you know, it's not fucking worth it, <laughs> really, is it? <laughs> 80 bags, what's that? Fuck it. <laughs> Just sell it cheap, innit? I've seen them fight witches. <laughs> 
crazed, murderous dolls, the devil. If whatever's in there spooks them out, then it's time to pack up and leave. In fact, don't even pack up. The ghosts can have my TV and Pokemon cards. Never the them. Pokemon cards, man. No, that's, the, that's how serious this situation is. My Pokemon cards stay. Not They're my, the demons Pokemon Not my Cubone card, now. man. My Cubone card goes no, everywhere with the, me. The demons have traded it, and they traded it for a Snorlax they, or something. They crap. traded it for a green energy. <laughs> oh, dear. George was reluctant. That was until one night when he arrived home with his son at 10pm. George and his son were walking up the driveway, and through the two daughters' bedroom window, they saw the bedroom light on, and a pig face like <laughs> pig face like pig face like a pig a pig face like face. <laughs> they see a pig face. Get like the face. tunes on. They're <laughs> gonna get chopper. <laughs> I don't know why he went that way, but just went full scouse. Fuck yeah, it. Fair enough. <laughs> they saw the bedroom light on and a pig like face with glowing eyes staring back at them. The two of them rushed up the stairs to help the girls, but when they arrived, the two girls were sound asleep and the light was off. This was enough for George to grab his family and get the hell out of there. They did not even stop to pack. Their belongings were collected by movers and even some stuff left behind for good in the family's desperation to cut ties with the house as soon as possible. You're the removal man, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm George. Pack up everything as soon as possible. We need to get out of it. All right, George, uh, where should we take this pig man? What? No, no. Leave the pig man! <laughs> Leave the pig man! Everyone out, forget the stuff. Hey, George, we we managed to bottle up some of this green ooze that was coming out the ceiling. <laughs> oh, no, fuck that! No, no. So there you have it, Jay. I know you're a fan of the Amityville movie, but what did you think of the story? Does the sheer amount of negative energy in the house... Warrant the belief in something truly paranormal. If by negative energy you mean Pigman leaving the lights on and hiking up the energy prices, then yeah, that, <laughs> in this econo- econo- e- economy, oh, fuck economy, 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 <laughs> in this economy, <laughs> economy, economy, keep it the tongue, <laughs> in this economy, that scares the living shit out of me for sure. But this, it, it just screams to me. A family that have moved into a house knowing that it's a murder house. And not only that, kids murdered in there and all sorts of dark shit. Got dark shit on their mind, even if they say they don't care. And that's manifesting through their paranoid minds. That's all it screams to me. However, I have seen pictures and stuff like that from the thing. Like, there's the picture of the boy on the staircase. Mm. That is creepy, right? Yeah, there are some things on it, like, in this in this case that maybe you can't explain, but... I mean, I wish they got some form of evidence of, like, the green ooze. Yeah, or just bottle it up. Like, have yeah. a little bottle. Right, cool. Let's take that to a lab. No, not human. It's actually from a ghost. We can tell that from... <laughs> yeah, our scientific Excel. statistics <laughs> say that this is from a ghost. Microsoft Excel, yeah, I can see it lines up with ghosts. Done. Cool. Right here. <laughs> <laughs> But, the, but there's got to be some sort of evidence, right? Surely you would think that would be... If there is that much going on, you would think that they would harbour some some level of evidence. I think this More is... More than a picture that can be fabricated, obviously. Yeah, maybe. But, but it can be. I'm not saying it, it was. I'm be, saying yeah. can be fabricated, right? You yeah. can fabric. You can put a boy in a picture and be like, here's a ghost. Ha <laughs> 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 we got it. It can be fabricated. Whether or not it is, we will never know. Exactly. I don't think even if it is fabricated, I don't think it'll ever come out. No, of course not. Apart it's from t- such a big pop culture 
did the thing, kids not it? come out in recent years and say well, that the it dead was ones. bullshit? No, the ones of the Lutz family. Didn't well, I see saw, anything I saw, I saw an interview with them where they were kind of dismissing the claims. Mm. But I might be wrong. I might have dreamt it. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Could be you anything. read the story last night and you was like, fuck this. No, this was it. years ago. Oh, right. That's why like, it's not really on my mind. I just thought I saw an interview with them. I have one question to do with this investigation. Who got the speedboat? That's a good question. Is the speedboat still there? Because we could fucking... Go get I don't want no ghost speedboat. Speed that sounds like the best detective show. <laughs> ghost speedboat. Ghost speedboat. Ghost speedboat. Coming for you, ghost of the sea. Yeah, uh, I'm in now. Uh, yeah, you, yeah, you know what I mean? Let's go get a fucking me. speedboat. See you next right, week. Cool. Let's get the speedboat. Right. So that'll do it for the Amityville horror. I mean, Jay, you like it, but you I kind of like beliefs. the story. I, the thing is, I liked the film when I was a kid. Yeah, it's a special place in your heart. Yeah, yeah. I think if I watched it these days, I would think that's total shit. (laughs) And it's got such bad reviews that I just will not go back and watch it. Because I I remember it being good when I was a kid, but... It's on Amazon Prime at the minute. it's not happening. If if you want to watch it together, we're going to have a nice little movie I remember it fondly in my heart and nowhere else. (laughs) It's like when I watched Jeepers Creepers as a kid, absolutely freaked me out. I watch it now, I'm like, you're just yeah. a hairy lizard, ain't you? Just, <laughs> hairy lizard. There's nothing I to think, you, mate. And I think that's part of like what you're saying about the pig-faced man in here and Jeepers Creepers. Jeepers Creepers, Paranormal Activity, films like that, where you don't see the creature. Mm. It's creepier when you don't see them. Yeah. The second you see what Je- Jeepers Creepers looks like, you're like, fuck this. Fuck it? off, yeah. I don't know what it is, but like, obviously, like whenever I hear Pig Man or Pig Face Man, <laughs> I instantly go to Saw, where she's wearing the pig mask and the, the black hair and that. Is... I think most people do. I yeah. think it's just so prevalent in like pop culture throughout the years, especially our generation. That, yeah, you do. fucking weird, though. It is weird. Anyway, so no listener story this week, but instead... I have gone onto Reddit to find some spooky stories. You guys are slacking. We're having to come up with these other features because we're not getting enough listener stories. So you you guys need to pull it out. You need yeah. to pull it out of the bag. You're ruining the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we're having to do the news. Aaron sounds like Obi-Wan Kenobi when he does it. <laughs> just... Give us your listener story because I am developing schizophrenia. <laughs> <laughs> and those voices will tell him many stories. <laughs> we'll be covered for all of eternity. Right, so this first one is from Oh Hey It's Daniel And it reads My mum found an old picture of me with one of my late uncles She asked me if I remembered him He passed away when I was really young So unfortunately I didn't remember much of him She told me that she She told me that he used to take care of me While I, well She used to t- <laughs> Fuck She used to tell me It's like a Limp Bizkit song <laughs> She told me you used to, you used to take care of me <laughs> Keep going, Aaron. You can do it. I believe in you. She told me that he used to take care of me while both of my parents were at work. So we had gotten really close. He was essentially another father figure for me at the time. Supposedly, my parents were woken up one night by me crying and screaming his name. When they came into my room, they found me holding that picture of us, the one that I mentioned earlier. They got a call from my aunt that morning and told me that he had suddenly passed away. Those kind of stories always creep me out a bit mm. more. It's almost like, like it's kind of not even ghostly at that point. It's like we've all got some sort of divine connection. Yeah. That sort of, as I, I was told before, the story of my mum when she passed, I almost like had a feeling like I had to go back to see her just yeah. as she was passing. So there's always like a thing in it's those like stories. It's like we're connected by a web yeah, or some kind. Yeah, it's really like. weird. 
Well, but those in dire of... need, only in dire need <clears throat> will you be able to read that yeah. you're needed somewhere or someone is saying goodbye or someone is doing yeah you like you hear it all the time people saying that they see someone who's died come into their room or they get a phone call from someone and when it turns out that they couldn't have done that or they couldn't have been there because they died at that time and they yeah. were miles away when it happened crazy this is the second story by obi meme kenobi <laughs> oh it's like it was written there is a connection it's written in the stars. they knew they knew <laughs> Hello there. Hello there. (laughs) This is one of my grandma's stories she used to tell us about one of her aunts. They lived in Laos during the Secret War. Her aunt started talking with one of the American soldiers. The Secret War? Yeah. What's the Secret War? I ain't got a fucking clue. You know why? Because secret. (laughs) No one knows. (laughs) No one knows. No one's gonna fucking know. It's a good secret. Fuck's sake. Her aunt started talking with one of the American soldiers and he started to learn basic Hmong. After some time, though, he stopped showing up. The basic consensus was that he was dead, but she kept waiting for him. When things got really bad and the bombs started dropping, they fled into the caves for shelter. One night, as everyone is sleeping, she hears a familiar voice. It's the soldier. He's mumbling in very broken Hmong, saying, I'm back for you over and over again. Her eyes are still closed until she feels something reach out and grab her shoulder and slowly move down her hand. When it reached her hand, she said it wasn't human at all, but like a large animal paw. She briefly opened her eyes to see a dark figure, clearly not human though, standing over her. Then she heard her aunt get up. Something was said, but she couldn't make out what it was. The figure then left and the aunt followed. This was still in the middle of the night, mind you. The aunt was never seen again. The story is that the dead soldier came back to take him away, take her away. From him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the story is that the dead soldier came back to take her with him, or something else imitated him in order to take her. Right, so that's, that's that story. Yeah, right? that screams Skinwalker. Do you know yeah. much about Skinwalkers? No, but there is a someone commented on this post. Saying Skinwalker. And no, it was uh, Pofo ML. I don't know who that <laughs> geezer is. Shout out to Pofo ML. Shout out, boy. <laughs> uh, he says, it was a crocodile. They mimic human voices to lure people away and then devour them. I, it's, I, like I was, a, I, it's a dog-like creature uh, with paws that mimics human it's not voices. Not as exciting as what I had in my head, which was a crocodile velociraptor. <laughs> Now, <laughs> I don't know how you judge people, Jay, but if a velociraptor was like, come with me, trust me. <laughs> Just trust me. Everything's going to be fine. I I'd think... go, nah, I don't think so, mate. I'm really? already warm in the cave. <laughs> See, um, if, I think if a velociraptor talked to me, I'd probably just do whatever he says. Also, I don't think a velociraptor's hand would be able to stroke all the way down an arm. <laughs> just a tiny <laughs> little tiny bit of first arm. Little two fingers. Like, <laughs> coming out, mate. <laughs> Going for a pint tonight, are we? Stop, stop raining. Let's get on it. I've called the bag in already. You need to drive. I can't, I can't reach the wheel. Give <laughs> me little uh, arms. Do us a favour, will you? Change into second. <laughs> <laughs> right, and this is the last one I've got for you, Jake. And this is from Cosmic Farce. A girl I knew for years and was very good friends with passed away in a car accident. A few days later, I have a dream that she's standing in the centre of the road and I'm barrelling towards her. I run into her, but then she seems to appear in the seat beside me. She forces my head towards her abdomen. 
Where her stomach would be, there's a large mouth. The teeth are made of broken glass and sharp metal. She keeps saying, shh, shh. I wake up from the dream and I'm still hearing the shushing. I look at the foot of my bed and she's standing in my room. She walks through the door into the hallway and I follow her. She walks down the hallway and vanishes through the front door of the house. I didn't realise it at the time, but my dad was on the couch. He asked me if I was okay. asked if the flickering lights are what had woken me up. He didn't see her, and I never noticed that the lights were flickering. Are these supposed to be real stories? These are, yeah, these are real experiences. People have had these experiences. Okay, the last one I'm putting down to just being still in a dream state. As he's it screams paralysis. Though. It seems well, apart uh, from the fact that he moved, yeah, which is the oh, opposite yeah. of paralysis. Oh, fucking obviously. <laughs> oh my lord, Jesus Christ! Yeah, the guy walks up. He walked down the stairs. <laughs> screams paralysis to Dad, me. Dad saw him moving. All <laughs> definitely paralysed. Jesus. But Christ. you know when you fucking <laughs> good brain. Oh on you today. my. God. Gold. I'm sweating and my sweat smells like alcohol. I haven't had a drink for like a proper drink up for nine months and I'm never doing it again, bro. Right, we're gonna cut it out. Shall we end it there? Let's go. If you want to be at our next listener's story, Jay, where can the people send in their stories to place? You can send your stories to from the word ghost at gmail.com or you can slide into our Instagram DMs. Slide, slide, slide. Slide, slide, slide. Ready? One, two, two three. Hey, hey. I thought we counted. I thought one of us counted. I didn't know we were doing all Are you it. okay? You look like you're about to pass out. I've got burp that's stuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm in a bad way, Jay. Come on, just do the count there. Three, two, one. Whee! What the fuck, we? <laughs> just go. Just end it. We. We. Fuck you, Wee. man. <laughs> just do it. <laughs> Join us next week at From the Word Ghost, and we'll continue to explore the unknown together. And I promise I won't be hungover next time. <laughs> See you later. Goodbye. Good, good night. Good night. Jesus. Uh, good fucking night. Oh no, no. What is wrong with you? <laughs>